time to get up, get out of bed. Fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Now from the studios of Fox Sports Knoxville, this is Three and Out with Nate Hodges and Houston Kress. Fan Run Radio. champions of the Capital One Orange Bowl. And Joe Milton has got to feel great. Rick Barnes, Bill Self, shake hands. Tennessee, they're your champs. The bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis goes to the Volunteers. And they were the bad boys from the jump in this one. That's an interesting question. This is a slow shot. Wake up, squirrels. You got a visitor into the trees. You called down the thunder, well now you got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Seltzer Studios of Fan Run Radio. It's a Weeping Wednesday edition of the program. It's lots of gnashing of teeth as well. I have not pressed it, but my finger is firmly on the panic button. You haven't pressed it? There's a chance I press it before the end of this show. Oh. During the, something in this show could trigger the sure. panic button. Absolutely. It's a different team. It's okay. One, two, three, four, five of Tennessee's last seven basketball games have been losses. The Auburn game felt like a loss. Mm-hmm. You played lights out against Alabama, so we still got that going for us. 
But last night... We don't have anything going for us. What are you talking about? Uh, last night did not go well. 68-63. Vols fall on the road at Texas A&M. And, I mean, in case you missed... I'll, I'll try and do the big picture just real quick. And then we'll, we have to go through all these things today. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Tennessee got out to a 9-0 lead. A&M gradually came all the way back, took the lead at halftime, and then in the second half, um, it was back and forth. A&M had a small lead late. Uh, Tennessee, at crunch time, either didn't run offense or ran terrible offense for the most part. Uh, couldn't score. A&M went to the free throw line a million times like we said they would, and they won the game. Not just that. Tennessee was down three, bringing the ball up the court with like 15 seconds left. Walking it up the court Walked with 15 seconds Walked the ball up the court. Uh, Zakai Ziegler moved to his right, kind of waited. It felt like the game was tied the way he acted. Yeah. And if the game had been tied, what he did probably wouldn't have been that big a deal. But he walked the ball up the floor, wasted time, down three. I, I was... My wife and I were sitting there watching the game. I was like, when's A&M going to foul? When's A&M going to foul? And I wondered if – I don't know if he was thinking, like, I don't want to get fouled. It, it made no sense. We we wasted the clock away, and then he shoots a step-back, super tough three-pointer that almost airballs. He might have gotten fouled on that shot. There's a, there's a clip of him as he releases the ball, and the guy's hand is all over his shooting hand. Okay. I'm not saying it matters because I didn't. Oh, still a terrible. We, decision. Yeah, we we did like, not deserve to make that shot. I'm just saying. Also, that's we why, had a that's why it was short with an air ball. We also had a timeout left. Yes, we did. That was the at least two out of the final three possessions that were just god awful offense. We just stood around mm -hmm. and uh, in an earlier possession and watched Kamwa jack a three. <sighs> that was dumb. That made no sense either. He almost got the bounce. It was closer than Zakai's. I mean, he had to get it up there. Wasn't the shot clock running down or something? Nope, not on that one. There was a different one, one, or it oh, was, okay. yeah, the one he made. Who Zakai or Kamwa? No, Kamwa. The one he missed was not low in the shot clock. I don't think so. I, don't I think, think he so had either. like eight seconds left. He hit we, the he hit the other one. Yeah, we were down. I mean, I think he was just feeling like okay, like somebody's got to shoot. The yeah, somebody ball. has to shoot it right. So ZZ in conference play this year is shooting twenty seven point four percent from three point line. And that's the shot you get. For comparison, that would be essentially like having Eve Pons his last year shoot a three to try and tie a game late. Well, and I think the guys are struggling with this whole narrative that, you know, you guys are turning down open shots. Take the open shots. Take the open shots. And so now they're pressing to try and take, take the open shot and pull the trigger when they're open and I think Tyreek Key, especially last night, is kind of a microcosm of that. He had t another terrible night shooting. He took some great shots, and I mean, he made one at the top of the key. It was like a perfect mm -hmm. in rhythm three, like catch it, shoot it. Um, that was his one make from three point range. He was one of seven from the floor, like, but there were a couple others that it felt like he forced it. Zakai did hit a deep. Deep three. I mean, he was wide open, but it was a really deep shot. It was a huge shot that pulled you within like two, I think, and mm -hmm. you're down five. Um, but it just we're we're so. 
I don't know, we've gotten into our heads so much about even when to shoot. So then when we do, we're pressing to try and make it, and we just don't shoot the ball that well. He shot 40% from the floor last night, 29% uh, from three, 10 of 14, or sorry, yeah, 10 of 14 from the free throw line, 71.4%. You shot it better than A&M did everywhere but the free throw line, percentage-wise. Yeah. You got more shots. You hit more shots. The difference was exactly what we said it was going to be yesterday. A&M is going to go to the rim. They're going to try to get fouled. They're going to put themselves on the free throw line because that's what they're the best at. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. They scored 28 points from the free throw line. Yeah, they shot 82.4% too. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah, Taylor, 16 of 17. Marble, who I think was shooting, what, 60-something percent coming into the game? 9 of 13. Coleman, 2 of 2. Radford, 1 of 1. But yeah, Taylor just got to the, you know, he just kept attacking, kept attacking, kept attacking. It seemed like the whole first half was only two guys scoring for them. They had three guys, I believe, score in the first half. That dude started hitting threes. Yeah, that was the other one. At halftime, oh, it was crap. Marble and Taylor with, they had 31 at halftime. Marble and Taylor had, I believe, 23 of those points. Well, they had all 21 until that guy yeah. hit a three. It was 21 to whatever, and then uh, the other uh, – Yeah, Radford, I guess, was it maybe. Oh, no, Zach. Yeah, maybe it was him first. Yeah, he hits the three. Because they were literally talking about it as the three goes up. Oh, the only two players that have scored are Marble and Taylor. Taylor finishes with 25, Marble with 21. Radford gets 10. Did really pretty good on everybody else. Tennessee, four players in double figures. B.J. Edwards gets in the game. How many minutes was that? I never looked. One minute. One? Well, it's listed at one. Yeah. So at least one. At least one second. I think if you Is go around up or down. I think if you go in the game, you're they don't do, they don't break it down in seconds. So I think it's you just get a minute. And they subtract from someone else. Um, uh, it did not register a stat in his one we, section of play. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. Uh, he he made a few good passes. Uh, he got beat off the dribble once. Made a few good passes, that, and that was it. That was the that'll, night that'll for get BJ. You, that'll get you benched. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then things got weird in the second half as Jimmy Dykes said that they watched shoot around. And Josiah Jordan-James, he saw nothing. And, and Jimmy Dykes is as positive about both teams as anybody. Mm-hmm. He has all these little cliches he goes to now, which can be a little overbearing sometimes. Bear hug the ball, man. God, like, what? Oh, he must have said it 50 times. I, They're really bear hugging that ball tonight. I, I think some of the ones that he only dropped once are what, like, when they're in a trap, they have 20 fingers at the sky. I'm like, okay, man. All right. You could just say they're right. Hands up. Good job with their hands and the trap, not fouling or something. I mean, I don't know. It's just he has a cliche for everything. He's like the Butch Jones of (laughs) Of announcers. Oh, come on. That's what I thought. No, No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying with the cliches. cliches. Like you can't just say, "Hey, here's what you do." You have to make up some like. Right. We have 64, 82 effort because there's six seconds. Tad. That way. All this stuff. But anyway, he. But I was shocked because he's like, "Yeah, we saw nothing from Josiah Jordan." He was talking about. He was being very positive about how good a player. Josiah is and how good a player Julian Phillips is and and talking about their injuries and then said no we actually watched shoot around and we saw nothing in shoot around that would suggest that Josiah couldn't have played tonight 
Yeah, I got pretty excited when I watched the little uh, shoot-around video they dropped, and I saw Phillips out there, and they, you know, Santi was apparently sick yesterday, having to get IVs. Yeah, really sick. So they were worried he might not even play, and then Josiah was out there too. I'm thinking, okay, we got Phillips, we got Joe, we got Vescovy at least going through shoot-around. It's a good sign. Maybe we'll get to see him. We get one out of three, so the injured guys are still injured or hurt, whatever you want to say. Because at this point, I don't know if it's anything more than pain. But I don't know. I'm not a trainer. Uh, you scored a bucket to cut to one, 59-58 at the five-minute mark. And you scored five points in the final five minutes of the game. Yep. I mean, that was it. Uh, Tennessee now 0-7 when trailing the five-minute mark. Yep. Uh, then things got weirder when Bob Kessling asked Rick Barnes in the post-game radio interview, what will it take to win? Come on, Phil. And Rick Barnes went off on him to the point where Bob, I don't know, like either didn't talk, got up and left. No one's really sure what happened because UT Sports cut the audio when they posted it. There's a stunner. Um, but there was a... a I don't know what you call that. Uh, definitely a disagreement. Bob me. asked, what's it going to take to get a win? Barnes says, come on, Bob. We played them I the wish, best anyone in here has. I, I wish I could have gone back. I really wish I could hear this. Yeah. Because tone of voice, content, like everything kind of matters. But I don't like Rick Barnes saying, we played them better than anyone else has in this building. It's like, okay, you don't. they don't give trophies out for that. They don't give you a win for playing better than anyone else did in a certain spot. You lost the game. You've lost five of your last seven. And the radio guy's asking you what it's going to take to get a win. Like, maybe think about what he's asking you instead of getting defensive because you're – and I get it. Like, the coaches were frustrated all night on the bench. Like, they were – they were frustrated with the officiating. They were frustrated with our players who looked like would not do the right thing at all times. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. You're frustrated. You're also paid a pretty good amount of money to answer basketball-related questions after a basketball game. Right. And your job as a coach, among others, is to try to win. You've not been doing much of that lately. I, un- I I'm not ready to kill Rick Barnes for that, but like, it's not that bad of a question. It's not like he said, why do you guys suck so much right now? He said, right. what's it going to take? To get a win. To, I mean, because you've lost a lot of close games in this stretch. Rick Barnes said, oh, come on, Bob. We played them the best anyone in here has. Uh, and then somebody else listening said, he mentioned several other things why they didn't win, and then Bob asked if he knew when they would get James and Phillips back. Rick very irritatedly responded, I don't know. You'll have to ask the trainer about that. Then as they closed out the interview... And they were talking about looking forward to South Carolina on Saturday. Rick said something along the lines of, well, like you said, we got to go get a win in that same irritated slash frustrated tone. But again, we can't hear this because they went all state run. Like, just post it. That's probably better because now we're reading what people are saying they said and how they – and so it's going to be framed. Yeah, we're, prob- the- we're, we're probably going to get in trouble for speculation and rumors, and there's right, no but, proof because they wouldn't just post the damn interview. Right. I mean, that is something. 
Um, and then, and then, Double Z tweets last night. Basically, I, I guess I should read it verbatim, but I will. Okay. They love you when you up, and trash you when you down. That's just life. Now it doesn't say who he's talking about, what he's talking about. No. I hate, I hate it when players do this because. We we're talking about this before the show. I, I don't know what some fans might be DMing him or messaging him or mm-hmm. or if he's over on some. I mean, you, you, like you just you don't know what that's about. But everybody's going to read it and assume it's about them because that's yep. how egotistical everyone is on this planet. We read something and we just assume it's about us. I mean, I don't know. Somebody might have been. Somebody I didn't might. think it was about me because I typically don't tweet about players during right, the game. Yeah. So, I, but I I saw that, and it's just one of those things that immediately your skin just like, starts oh. to crawl a little bit. You're like, this is not good. This is this this helps nothing. Mm-hmm. Like who who are you talking to when you say that? Right. Like what like what's the end game here? Nothing good will come of that tweet. Not one single thing. And my bit my big issue with it is. That happened an hour and a half after the game. So Rick Barnes went in there, probably talked to the team for a good lengthy bit. They got changed, and the first thing he thought to do was to get his phone and get on Twitter and tweet and kind of take hour, a hour and a half. Of a after, shot. They're, they're probably back on the bus at that point. But but, but still, like after, no, after that crap we witnessed last night, if if that's the first thing you do. Because that's probably the first thing he did once he got sat down and all of his stuff he has to take care of post-games over with. He got on his phone and he tweeted. That That's soft as hell. And, like, he's supposed to be the alpha dog on this team, kind of. the Just the good story who busts his tail off every game and brings the energy every night. And that's what you want to do after the game? Like he said. They trash you when you're down, and that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're trashing yeah. him when he's down. You've been trashing him all year, though. So I've not been know. trashing him all year. I've been being honest all year. Well, here's here's what here's where I think fans and players both kind of miss the whole thing. Like, and, and really with with Rick Barnes and coaching and and criticism of that, it goes all the way back to Conzo Martin. Like. You can criticize a player's play. You're not attacking their personality or their character or their 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 integrity, their, them as a person. Yeah. No one, no one that I saw was trashing Zakai Ziegler. Like that is just a lie. Unless he's got people, you know, going all JG and sending him death threats in his DMs that I don't know about. But if that's the case, why are you responding publicly to people mm-hmm. that aren't doing that? No one is trashing Zakai Ziegler. They might be trashing that decision. To shoot the ball, like to take a bad shot, but I mean, like I do things all the time where I'm like, man, that was kind of dumb. I wish I had done that differently. Mm-hmm. If there was someone out there commentating on my life and said, man, that was a dumb decision, Nate. Like sometimes I'd be like, yep, agree. Like, or I can say, well, there were reasons, but like, I don't. They're not saying you're a dumb person. If I make a dumb decision, they're not saying I'm a dumb person. There's a difference there. Yeah. But somehow in 2023, we can't separate the two. We can't say, man, Conzo Martin really struggles to coach offense without somebody saying, how dare you challenge his integrity? Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I know people well that love Conzo Martin, the person. He can still be criticized for his 
basketball. Yeah, we do it with Rick, Rick Barnes. Barnes is the same way, yeah. but people can't separate no. the two. I can't believe you were criticized such a good man. Like, I'm not criticizing what, what type of man he is. I don't even know what type of man he is. I don't know him personally. The first rule is people need to quit trying to judge, assume people are judging someone's character or people they don't know. Like, just because we... Just because you can see their Twitter account doesn't mean you know them. Mm -hmm. and doesn't mean you should judge their character, integrity, uh, goodness, or badness as a person at all. So I think Zakai Ziegler's tweet would have been more accurate if he said, man, people love your play when you're winning and and trash your play when you're losing or when you're down or whatever. Like, like that's what people are mad about. They're not – people – Tennessee fans would – Walk the plank for Zakai Ziegler. Even the ones that are, in his words, trashing him after, or trashing the team or whatever after a loss. And again, like, you're, you're subtweeting out into just the world, and everyone's going to assume it's about them. But that, I mean, I didn't even see, I mean, you know, Billy Stats looked for it. He searched to see if people were tagging Zakai Ziegler in negative tweets and couldn't even find any. Like he was so. No, he probably name searched. Sakai searched his own name on Twitter, mm -hmm. and and that's that. That's not the best way to be a college athlete these days. I'll just leave it. it might at be that. the worst. Yeah, to I mean, because you're only looking for the negative, right? Mm -hmm. And it's Twitter, so. Well, don't you think they after a big win they get on there and they because they want that serotonin boost of like oh yeah, look at yeah. people talking about how well I played. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, he dominated Sears against Alabama. I'm sure there were tons of positive tweets. Man, Zakai, what a game against Alabama. This guy's great. So it's like a habit now. They, they need that fix. So after a loss, it so after wins, you almost get too high, and after losses, you get too low. Mm -hmm. if, if that's your measure of your worth, that's not healthy, you know? If Rick Barnes such a good dude, like, let's teach these guys how to be, you know, strong adults. Get, get, getting your worth from the opinion of Tennessee fans, whether you win or lose a game, is who are not, also very frustrated after a loss, right? Yeah, I mean, just like everybody is. Rick Barnes was. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Double Z was. It just yeah, like I looked for stuff and it just said there were things like he's a liability right now. Bench him, and so first of all, he did get benched. Like he got taken out of the game a couple times last night. I don't know if, if this person meant bench him forever. Right. But I No, Vescovy got benched very publicly. Yeah. Chewed out and benched. You know, for a moment. Right, right. Just like Zakai. Like I, I just nothing good's gonna come out of that. Nope. I'm sure that one damn thing. I'm sure that there are fans that trash the players. I'm not uh, so I'm not I'm not on the fan side here. I'm not on the player side here because every player is different, every fan is different and I don't know what interactions they're getting from other fans like you, that's another thing. Like everyone assumes they know everything these days, right? Like, yes. How dare the guys say that? No one's trashing him. How do you know that? How do you how do you know what everyone on earth is sending to him through social media? You don't. Did you notice who gave it a retweet? Josiah Jordan yep. James. No, he didn't. Yeah. That's the first time I saw it. Is he retweeted it. That's what kind of created the firestorm is that, you know. That's not leadership. <laughs> That's... No, he should have told him to delete it. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Sit him down. Yeah. Sit beside him on the bus. Have a talk with him. Say, hey, man, that's that's. Not, but that's the thing. Like Josiah's going through it too. Like people, 
like he's heard it all season long. Like, oh, we're better when he's not out there. Oh, he can't shoot. Like the pro- all of this stems from the fact that this team has a big problem scoring points in basketball games. Like that's a big problem. And so, yes, we as fans of the game talk about the game, and some fans are better at you know talking basketball than others. Some people kind of just turn it into a personal thing where he should never shoot again. Like. I get why they're frustrated. A, they're frustrated because they're missing shots. B, then they have to like relive it when they name search on Twitter. And it's like, yeah, man, that's kind of how it works, by the way, in sports. Like, we live and die with you. This is college athletics. You have the most passionate fan base in the country mm-hmm. living and dying with every shot, every steal, every dun- every single thing. We are there watching living it with you so the same way you're going to get frustrated after loss people are going to get frustrated and yes twitter is bad because it exposes things that people should probably only say in their minds but they put it to fingers and then it goes out over the internet adam but like it's it's there's 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 a lot to kind of unpack about this season i mean was it a about two months ago when they put out like the secret call of why does no one support this team? Why, yep. why? And then people were like, uh, well, I guess we're still just a little bit nervous because you guys aren't as consistent. Like the crowds are so. Say it. They didn't pass the eye test. No, they didn't. They've never they, passed the eye test. They didn't. They beat Alabama the other night and still haven't passed the eye test because mm-hmm. we're not. I mean, Alabama went to Oklahoma and got housed. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma's now, I think. 16 and 18 on the year, 13 and 15, or they're or no, they're three and some, they're three and 12 in Big 12 play or something. That that's the team that housed Alabama. So I don't know how good that win is. They our team looked terrible against Auburn in a win. They they do they have looked very efficient mm-hmm. and have played very clean basketball, beating Kansas and Texas and some of the other games that they've played in. But they don't pass the eye test. There's not a Zion Williamson running around throwing alley-oops to Kevin Durant. Like, if, if it was like that, if it was like last year's baseball team and it was fun, or like, oh, we're so much better than everybody, people be through the roof about this team and be like, oh, I can't believe we're number two in the country. We're going to – we might win the whole damn thing. But, but they don't pass the eye test. Even when they play well, they don't pass the eye test. And it's like – I don't know. I mean, we, we, we have three hours to fill, so we had to kind of chew on that more. Mm-hmm. But but that's the obvious, is even when they win, they don't pass the eye test like they're going to be a Final Four team. Texas. That's it. That that was the game where I thought, wait a minute. This team can do this. Yeah. That was the one game. Probably. I mean, I'd have to really go back and think. Like, like you didn't you didn't necessarily feel it when – I, at least I didn't watching the Kansas game. I wasn't sitting there like, "Oh my God, we're so good." Well, that's a pre. That's kind of a pre. No, it's early, deal right? Almost. It, it's in a conference hall. Like, no, it, I know. It didn't feel. But Texas felt. Right. It felt that way. Yeah. You're up twenty three late in the second half. You're just cruising. Yeah, they cut it to eleven or twelve or whatever you won by. But that whole game, I'm just thinking, uh, if if this is us now, yeah, we're gonna be okay. But then they. But, but, but then, then they do other stuff. Yeah. Since since then, what was that the stat, Hickman? What what are we since the Texas game? Yeah, we're five and yeah. we're five. I mean, we're two and two and five. Two and five seven. since we so, went to so, Florida, and we said, "There's how how can the line be this close as we go to Florida?" And your Florida buddy said, "I would put the house on the Vols, except the last time I did that, they let me down, and they and they they play an absolute 
stinker down there. And it hasn't been the same since. It's like we peaked for the Texas game. It's like we peaked for Rick Barnes, Texas, January the 28th. That's also Revenge. That's also the week that they put out the stuff about. Yep. It was right before Texas. Why aren't, why aren't you guys fired up about this team? And everybody said, we are, we are, we are. We'll be there. And they and were. it was. It was a packed house. It was a sellout crowd. It was a great environment. And ever since, this season has just been in the toilet. I mean, realistically, it you're, started when you hosted Kentucky. You're not a tournament team post-Texas. You're not even in the mm-hmm. tournament. Nope. I know you beat Alabama, but that you have not looked like an NCAA tournament team since that Texas game. Well, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Tennessee's players. They had to play that game. They played well, but there's so much going on at Alabama. Like, I, you wonder what those players for Alabama are hearing and when, and how that might affect the way they play on a given night. I mean, maybe they, yeah. it's been a weird well, season that's what, that's for what Alabama. I mean. Like any any this season in college basketball, like. I, there's not that much top in talent. There is a lot of upset. There are a lot of upsets. And, you know, the the first Kentucky game, I think, could be chalked up to bad matchup outlier. The Alabama game could be chalked up that way for them. Yep. You know, all kind of stuff. But this, this, we have not played well in seven games. No. Or in six out of the seven games, I yeah. guess you want to yeah. put it that way. <clears throat> I mean, do you realize how easy it would be for this team to be O for their last seven? Well, I mean, they could have beat Missouri and Vandy pretty easily. I'm just, I, I'm just but saying. At the like, same time, they could have lost to Auburn. Easily could have lost to Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know, they played great against Alabama, but that was a game that, you know, a lot of people picked us to lose. You know, you play that game ten times, Bama probably win seven. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and I guess there, there's so much to unpack because. They played they played well at at times last night, but I mean it was a one point game with four and a half to go. It was a three point game at the four minute mark, and we we play. It seems like we play our worst basketball in the five minute mark in because we don't we don't do a lot of the little things that put our players in the best give our players the best opportunity for success. We'll talk about that. We'll chew on more of the, the, the injury thing, the fallout, Rick Barnes being mad at Bob Kessling. Like, I don't – where to go from here? Lots to get into. Alabama's got their whole – all their problems. I mean, I, that's probably not till hour three. But, anyway, it's a big show. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll open up the Big Orange Philly phone lines as well. 865-546-8200 if you want to call in. Stick with us on 3 now. Right to the Big Orange Philly phone lines, 865-546-8200. Up first is Matt. What's up, Matt? You're on three and out. What's up, guys? Living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. Just watching about, this uh, anemic offense. Yeah. We all considering, uh, since it's Ash Wednesday, giving up uh, basketball for 40 days. Is that a thought that's crossed anyone's mind? Well, that would work, except for Lent. Technically, it's supposed to be something that you really do cherish and <laughs> – Right now, I don't know that that fits the bill. <laughs> Damn. That's brutal, dude. Nate, lighter, fuse, boom. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I'll be quick, guys. I know you guys got – there's a ton to cover. You could do a six-hour show today. 
with all the crap that's going on. But I, you know, I didn't even hear the. So I'm the state run. What do they do? Clip edit out the argument yesterday. Yes, they uh, scrubbed it from the audio stream or the the podcast, I guess. God, man, it's why I don't watch, listen, or care about state run. Man, just a bunch of scrubs, dude. But I think that Orange was UT Sports. That's like the university yeah, that, itself, not just their radio. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they, they would have had to ask, but I, I mean, you know, they do on the right together, man. Yeah, they're not going to be real. You know how that works. Right, those guys are going <laughs> to. It's ridiculous. But Barnes, I mean, look, obviously the players take on the mentality of the coach, right? And you can tell that these guys and Barnes are starting to feel a little bit of pressure, starting to feel a little bit of heat. Barnes doesn't make re- remarks like that. I didn't hear the interview or hear what he asked him, but that doesn't sound like a typical Rick Barnes response. No, what Barnes – You know, it's kind of funny you say that, Matt, because what Barnes said to Bob is basically what Zakai tweeted. Not the exact same words, but it is, oh, come on, Bob. You've been nice to me all season, and now we're we, we're losing now games and you're going to ask me a tough question or, or comment yeah. on us not winning? Like, that's it's basically the same thing. Yeah, so are those guys – is that – you know, I don't, I'm not in the locker room, but that seems like that's – the that's that's the narrative who knows what he's saying i don't you know it doesn't matter to me i don't care what i care about is uh progression and getting better especially this time of season i don't care about anything else and we're not we're not getting any better on offense Mm -hmm. we're still good on defense but nothing's changing game after game it's like a broken record man the definition of insanity you know go down the list it's all the same and it's it's starting to get kind of ridiculous for a coach that's coached this long that we can't figure out a way to score more points, be it, be it whatever you want to do. I don't care what your process, but whatever you're doing now is not working. When you've got Key that's one for 40, put B.J. Armstrong in and have him shoot 20 shots. B.J. Armstrong. You know, <laughs> Or not what I say. BJ, uh, you said B.J. Armstrong. BJ, BJ, a and, and, classic and, bull legend right there. <laughs> Dude, I, I was a big Bulls fan, man. I, I, hey, I might have been. Uh, no, uh, it was a basketball player. I, that's just a slip up. That's not, you know. Yeah, that was. Uh, but it, I don't care. Just do something, man. Make it. Make some change. We're so we're so inept on offense, guys. It's like so bad to watch. And what I take is that we're playing this bad, and we're still in every game. Mm-hmm. So it's like all he's got to do is figure out how to score a few more points and get a couple of players hot in the game. But you get, I don't know, guys. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to talk about. But they got to figure it out because it's starting to get – we're going to be one and done. Yeah. If we no, continue you're, on the path. You're right. On. They're running out of time to figure something out. See you, guys. See Thanks you, Matt. For Thanks call. for the call. They're running out of time. And I don't – I, I think getting Phillips and Josiah Jordan-James back would be nice. I think that would be a boost. It, it's not going to give you 25 extra points a game. It's not, You might get 10. And I don't, and that's not extra because you're stealing minutes and points from somebody else who would be in the game. I, there, I don't there, know if it's enough. There Well, and, and let's just, let's I mean, let's try and grade it fairly because there's all this drama after that we've kind of tied in with this game. There were stretches of this game where they played pretty well. I agree. Even on offense. Uh the first half, especially, um, I, no, they came out of the gate on fire. I mean, and I and and I thought Texas A and M was actually hurting themselves by playing that zone because Tennessee was doing a really good job of drawing two guys to one, 
and then passing out of that and getting guys open. And Vescovy is the best example. He'd catch the ball, the guy running at him, and that guy would go flying by him almost every time. And it created all this space and kicks. And, and when they made, you know, they made some shots and the offense looked pretty good. But when you're playing another top 25 team, even when you play pretty well, the game's going to come down in the last five minutes. And when you can't manufacture points and you can't score, Tennessee scored five points in the final five minutes. Three of those was a Zakai Ziegler stand around, oh, crap, shot clock's running down, I'm going to shoot this NBA three and drains it. Well, we scored seven points in the final seven minutes. Yeah, like that again, doesn't cut it. We, we talked about the Kentucky game, right? Like you're under a point per minute That's not scoring, yeah. you know, like pace. This is not good. We, we scored our 56th point with 7.08 to play. You ended with 63. That's seven minutes and eight seconds. You scored seven points in a winnable game in crunch time. They did try and run two plays late in the game. Neither one of them worked because the execution was horrific. That's um, what I've, the coaches were not happy on the side. All the coaches. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of hands in the face. And what I mean by that is like you're, the coaches were face palming themselves. Right, there right. was there was arms in the air, like questioning what the hell we're doing. There was pointing at players from everybody, trying to coach them up and say, "Hey, you didn't do this. We called this. You ran this. Do it different." But 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 I mean, we don't run quick hitters very much. We don't have experience doing that. Like yeah. we just we just don't. We're, uh, you're down sixty four sixty one, thirty four point seven seconds left in the game, and Olivia Kamwa is taking a on the move off the bounce. Three-point shot with 19 seconds left on the shot clock. That's just, I mean, that's just not the look you want there. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just not good. All right, we'll come back with uh, more phone calls on the flip side. Hang tight if you're there. We'll come right to you next. Final segment, hour number one. Talking about the basketball game last night. Just just dreadful from the five-minute mark on. I mean, maybe even before that, like you said, seven minutes, only scored seven points. Uh, Tennessee now 0-7 in games they trail in the last five minutes. Uh, we'll go back to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. We have Philly on the horn. What's up, Philly? You're on three now. I guess not so good on morning, is it? Nope. No. Well, it was pretty sloppy last night, wasn't it? I mean, dude, they had they had stretches where they played played fine. I mean, if they play great basketball from you know the, in the last five minutes and pull away and win by five, seven, eight points, like it's fine. Like that would have been a great road win. They, they, like they are not that far off, but they were literally. I mean, they did call a couple plays late, but the guys looked like they had no idea how to run them <laughs> or whether to run them. You know what to. You know there was a play where Zakai comes off. Or it looks like he's going to come off some ball screens, and then they like fake the motion, and then they bring Vescovy back. But as soon as A and M played that well, like that was over. That was the end of the play. There was no was no next, um, like like you know action. There was no mm-hmm. final action. Um, I was messaging some people last night. I was like, you got like you've either. I mean, I call it playmaker because that's what Pat Summit called it at least at one point during her thing. Like, if the shot clock's running down, they're just like, playmaker! And they went, they knew exactly what to go into. It was, some, it was usually some very simple kind of ball screen move action, 
that you could get a shot up. She with. changed it to seven. Okay. Um, but there's got to be some call like, hey, the shot clock's running. I mean, how many times was the shot clock running out? Not even at the end of the game, just during the game. Shot clock is running out, and our guys have no clue until somebody yeah, gets the ball and just has a jacket. Yeah. I mean, we had a yeah. shot clock violation with a guy driving to the basket. There's mm-hmm. no clue. And and then yeah. as the buzzer goes off, he passes it. Yeah, I mean, that's bad coaching. Like, our guys are – our awareness numbers mm-hmm. on Madden or whatever basketball game you want to translate this to are crap. Like, it just says, like, you know, overall 80, speed 90, quickness 75, awareness, C-R-A-P. It's that bad. Like, we have no clue what we're how how to play offensive basketball. Well, as, uh, I'm not going to blame the players. Uh, there's some of them I like more than others, and uh, – on, on the $6 million man. Yep. You're getting paid a big money. It's just the problem. When you look at this, though, this is a poorly constructed team. you got a bunch of guys who are role players, and uh, you can't beat win close games against good competition with role players when your whole lineup's full of them. Now, this team would be better off if you called a set play like a football game every time down to try and get one of your role players a shot that he can make. Because you can't, you just can't play like free form with these, like like free flowing motion with these guys. Because the only advantage you have is the Kai's quickness and the fact that Vescovy's stop and start and his. I mean, Vescovy is by far your best offensive player. I mean, he proved that last night. Like he he puts he has put the team on his back in the last two losses, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't been enough. I mean, he he was he was dominating the game on offense uh, for a stretch last night, and definitely in the second half against Kentucky, we had like sixteen or seventeen points. But it's just not enough. Like they just don't. Yeah. No and he did, and he didn't touch the ball. You're down three, yeah. and Vescovy mm-hmm. doesn't touch the ball. How is that yeah. possible? Well, he shot forty percent from three last night. You need a three, and he doesn't touch the basketball. Mm-hmm. It's evident to me that Ziggler's played way too many minutes, and he's he's probably physically. Gassed along with mentally gassed. Uh, uh, last year, they took there wasn't as much pressure on him because he had Chandler over there, and uh, they're they got a problem. They don't have a, a really a, a a point guard to inject this offense, or even a big time scorer to, that uh, you know create that. We just don't have that. Barnes fault. And, I mean, we thought Phillips could be that guy as the season went on. He really hasn't been. He had what one game where he's been, I guess you could say, prolific, the 25 against Southern Cal. USC and Vanderbilt are by far his two best performances yeah, yeah. on the season. So I don't know if when he gets back, does Barnes kind of just green light him and say, look, it's you know, you can't, you can't be out there scoring two, three, four points a night. We're going to need you to go attack the rim and get to the free throw line because no one else will do it. But when are they going to get, when the show up from Triple A going to be back for the, when the season's over? Yeah, great question. Well, Philly, I got a quote for you on that right now, actually. Rick Barnes answered that question. What'd he say, Adam? It's on them. I have to believe they're doing everything they can to get back. I believe that. I have to believe it with all my heart because they're competitive. <laughs> that is the weirdest way to answer that question I think I've ever heard. It's on them. I have to believe they are doing everything they can to get back. I believe that. I have to believe it with all my heart because they're competitive. What? what? They want to play. But, again, no one is working harder than what Chad and Garrett are. That's the uh, trainer and the strength coach. Mm. 
Uh, we just got a soft basketball team on top of it's poorly constructed. I, mate, you know I'm sick of Rick Barnes anyway. Looking at that offense, uh, it's uh, awful. And uh, we're not doing anything to change it. I mean, get BJ gets two minutes a game. I mean, uh, I wonder what would have happened if they would have played BJ half as much as they play Awaka. You see how Awaka is starting to get better by playing him. Even Mayshack, uh has got better by playing. And mm-hmm. BJ, time you get in there starting getting a sweat, he's sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, no, that was, I had a big issue with that early in the season. I mean, you – Unless you have zero expectations of playing it, which they obviously didn't. Like, they played him enough to burn the red shirt, and then you ended up needing him. Still need him. Yeah, I know. Like, you need another guard, another guy who can handle can the ball, everything. who can Key go in there and score. Play. Key got 20 minutes, did nothing. Got to keep his legs fresh so he can run scout team in practice. Yeah, where he apparently has been so good that they decided to give him, what, three minutes the other night? He got one minute last night. Kind of scared to play when he comes out there. Yeah, he is. You know, He's guys, I really it. think that uh, next year's team will be better than this year's team because it's more athletic from top to bottom. This this team is very, it's, especially at the guard position, is not that athletic. What we're putting on the floor every game. I, see, I don't – Philly, I agree with you when I look at them, but they shut down everybody they play. Yeah. All we have to do is figure out how to score. And when, you, yeah, and when you're trying to figure out a score, you don't yeah. have to be more athletic than the other team. You just have to figure out ways to get an open shot that you can make. And, but we right. don't really do that. I mean, our right. best offense this year has been to tell the two bigs to go stay in the short corner and let's play three-on-three basketball against Kentucky, who's as athletic as they come. And that's when we've looked the best. We've looked better offensively just playing essentially what, you know, what old Papa would say, I can't believe they're just playing street ball out there. Ain't nobody screening. I mean, like, we've been, that's been our best offense this year. That's how bad our regular offense has been. Yeah. It's mind-numbing. Well, I'll close with this. Uh, looks like the T-Town's capital murder of the world now, you know. <laughs> Definitely going to have to get into that conversation at some point today. But, yes, things are not very well in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean – Sure, that's what the uh, the sunshine pumpers will say today. Well, you got a great man, and these are good kids. It's like okay, but I don't follow Tennessee basketball. People said Billy said that before the game, <laughs> yeah, to kind of take a shot at Nate Oates in Alabama, yeah. But then th- that doesn't. I mean, and like, then after the game, we're all just like, "What the hell are we doing?" Like, like I, I maybe this sounds really bad, but like no one no one pulls for University of Tennessee students to be good kids. You know, if there was no athletics department, no one would be over there paying thousands of dollars a year to stand and watch kids walk down the sidewalk as they go to class because they're such good kids. People watch basketball and football because it's exciting, it's entertaining. They don't watch the sport because they because of how good the kids are. They watch the sport because they want to be entertained and have a good time and it's fun. And it's fun to play too. The players have fun playing typically. I mean, that's why they do it. That's why they'll do it for free all the way through high school and, and pretty much through college, depending on the level of NIL and cheating. But, I mean, that, that's why that's why we'll go play a pickup basketball game. We don't go out there and play because people are going to watch us. Or because, it, like, people don't pull for teams because they're good kids. They pull for teams because it's fun and exciting. So we need to separate those things out. Mm-hmm. We are critiquing the play, not the kids. Right. 
and the coaching, not the person. We're not even critiquing Rick Barnes, the man. It's just Mm-mm. his coaching, like his decision making. That's what he is paid to do. This is his job. Those are two separate things. And the sooner people can have that conversation the correct way, the easier all this gets. We'll come back. We'll kick off hour two next.